Amen. And you can be seated. Take your Bibles, and if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter number 10, we will be in verse 19 through verse 25. One of the things that I want to do is to encourage your hearts today concerning all of the activity, all of the events, everything that you see going around, going on around the world in light of this, what has been deemed and called a special week. Some have placed the name Holy Week on it. Some have placed the name Resurrection Week. Some have placed the name Resurrection Sunday, but the list goes on and on. But regardless of any of that, one of the things that I want you to understand this morning is the crucifixion of Jesus Christ is a documented historical fact, okay? I want you to understand it's not made up. It's not just recorded in the Bible. It is a documented historical fact. And also, besides just the crucifixion, so is the resurrection. And so we know based on documented history and others who have written outside of the word of God that it is a fact and it did in fact occur. But laying all of that to the side, we know from the scripture the absolute truth that is all sufficient for each and every day of our lives it affirms and, and, and shows to us the very truth of the resurrection or the crucifixion, the resurrection, and then eventually the ascension of Jesus Christ to the right hand of the Father and the coming of the Holy Spirit himself. You know, the dawning of that first day of the week brought with it a new and living way. And so when you consider the book of Hebrews in chapter number 10, it's a new and it's a living way. It is new. It came in the form of the new covenant, of the new testament, of the blood of Jesus Christ. But it's also a living way. Jesus Christ did not just die on the cross and he is still there today. He is not there today. So when you see a cross with Jesus Christ affixed to it, he is no longer there. They took him down off the cross, Joseph of Arimathea, Nicodemus came, the ladies came, Mary was there. They took Jesus' body, they placed it inside of a borrowed tomb. They, they prepared the body and everything that was necessary. It's in a borrowed tomb. The reason it's in a borrowed tomb, he wasn't going to need it for very long. So Jesus is placed there, the stones rolled in front of it, and then all of a sudden... That grand and glorious first day of the week occurred. And Jesus Christ walked bodily out of the tomb. And for 40 days, he was seen above 500. He was seen by his disciples. He was seen by others. And the list goes on and on. He was seen above by above 500 people saw him after his resurrection. And then finally, just as the scripture said was going to occur... He ascended to the right hand of the Father where he makes intercession for you and I today. Therefore, verse 19 of Hebrews chapter number 10, he says, Therefore, brethren, he has just gotten finished going through giving for us a description of the Old Testament sacrificial system and why it could never accomplish what it needed to. It would always be simply a covering of the sin. All of the sin of mankind would be remembered every year 
as they would go on the Day of Atonement to offer up a sacrifice on behalf of their sin. But forever, each year, it was an absolute remembrance of the consciousness of sin in their lives and all of those things that had occurred. And so all of that was put to the side. Jesus Christ himself, our, our Passover, our Paschal Lamb, the sacrifice that was perfect that was needed for you and I. So therefore, my dear friend, our sin is no longer covered. It's been removed. And so for us today, we can be justified and sanctified and eventually glorified because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary. But the writer of Hebrews goes on, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil, that is his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. And let us continue or consider how to stimulate or continue stirring up one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking the assembling of our own selves together as the habit of some is, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And my dear friend, if you don't draw encouragement out of Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 through verse 25, I don't know where you will draw it from. But I want you to notice three phrases in these short few verses between 19 and 25. And the first phrase is actually found in verse 22. And I want you to notice the writer of Hebrews says, And let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. The writer of Hebrews says we can draw near with the absolute confidence and the fullness of our own faith in Jesus Christ and his faithfulness for what he accomplished and what he did. You're probably wondering, well, Brother Robert, what, what, what's the list of things that were accomplished? Well, let me just give you a few. His blood and his flesh offered in death. And we see the magnitude of that in the and all that we have been through this week and all of the commentary and documentaries that have been done over crucifixion, Roman crucifixion, the heinousness of the, of the death. But my dear friend, let me, let me encourage you. He's not there. He suffered all of those things. Who for the joy of the cross set before him denied the absolute difficulty that was in front of him and he went there because of his willingness within himself to offer his life for us. The precious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for us. His flesh that was torn and ripped from his bones. Why? And my dear friend, listen to me. It's a documented historical fact. Jesus suffered crucifixion on the cross. Why would he do that? Why in the world did he go? It had to be. It's the only way it could happen. But he opened for us a new and living way into the holy place in heaven so that we can approach God with absolute confidence. I was sharing this morning, getting folks to understand that one time a year, the only one that could go into the presence of God was the high priest. And the high priest going through a ceremonial cleansing and an offering for himself 
would go inside the Holy of Holies one time a year into the presence of God. But my dear friend, Jesus Christ made a new and living way. We can approach the throne of grace with absolute confidence in the faithfulness and full assurance of our faith because of what Jesus Christ has already done for us. I don't know about you. If that doesn't encourage your heart today, I don't know what it will. I don't know what it'll take. My dear friend, listen to me. We don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a dead Christ. We don't serve an idol today. We have a new and living way in Jesus Christ because he's alive. And that's what we're here to celebrate. So our hearts can be encouraged. Let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of our faith. And I love this. Let me just share this with you. It's a new way because Jesus opened it. It's a living way because Jesus is alive. And so when we consider that in our own lives, what assurance we can draw from it. The next one is found in verse 23. Notice the writer here of Hebrews says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. And notice the next two words, what? Without wavering. Without wavering. There's no need for it to waver. There's there's no reason for us not to have confidence. There is no reason today for us not to have full assurance. Why? I'll tell you why. He's not there. Go look. He's risen. Are you ready? He's at the right hand of the Father, accomplishing what the Scripture said that he would as our high priest today. Because of that, we can come with boldness to the very throne of God himself. And so when we consider the magnitude of this, what does that really mean for us? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. God is faithful. Let me tell you why. He raised Jesus from the dead. Called him forth out of the tomb. The power of God himself. And our hope is assured by God who promised us. Are you ready for this? Here it comes. Who promised us rescue and rest. All through Jesus Christ. So let us hold fast the confession of our hope. What is the confession of our hope? I will tell you what it is. It is Jesus Christ and him alone. That is the only place you'll find life. That is the only place you'll find rest. That is the only place that you'll find rescue. It is the only one who can break the bonds and the chains that sin has held us to. Because he's alive. And he's brought in a new and living way. All of those can be shed. And we can stand in the absolute confidence and assurance of what Jesus Christ has accomplished and done for us. And then the third one is found in verse 24 through verse 25. Let us consider how to stir up. Anybody in here, you ever been, has anybody ever accused you of stirring the pot? Anybody? Anybody? How many of y'all are known, how many of y'all are known for stirring the pot? Boy, some, I see some wives holding their husband's hands up in the air. I see some husbands holding both their wives' hands up in the air to stir up. Let me tell you what we ought to be about today. You ready? It ought to be about stirring each other up. 
It ought to be about stirring each other up. In other words, what do you mean by stirring each other up? Encouraging each other. Finding what we need as we assemble ourselves together. The writer of Hebrews says, here's something that I see happening. He said, as the habit of some is, the forsaking of themselves, gathering together as God's people. I will tell you this, you will not do it as a long ranger. Where do we draw our encouragement from? Your people say this all the time. I draw my encouragement from the Word of God. So do I. I draw my encouragement from spending time in prayer and having a time of devotion. You're absolutely right. I do. But I'll tell you where my heart is stirred, where I am encouraged, where I find that actual additional confidence. It's when I assemble together with God's people. That's what we need. Especially as we see the day approaching, as the writer of Hebrews writes it. You see the clock's ticking. And as that clock continues to tick, I hate to tell you this, but you can't make it up. You can't go back and say, you know what, I think I'm going to tack on another 10 years. I'm going to tack on another 20 years. I did not realize this until the other day I was sitting out I was outside at the, out at the place, and I was out doing some work, and all of a sudden, it began to come across my mind. Son, you realize, and I'm a young man. I'm a young man. But son, do you realize you're 66 years old? You mean, I, I spent most of my life going this way, coming up, then you crest the top of the hill. And here's something else you all of a sudden realize. There ain't as much down road as there was up road. Huh? There's not. So my friend, as the clock ticks and as it winds down and we get closer to the day of going home to be with the Lord, let me tell you what, it ain't time to quit now. With all that's going on in the world, if we have ever, if we have ever seen the need for what needs to take place today at our churches, it's today. For what? I don't know about you. Turn on the news. Just look at all the things that's going on. But we come into this building and we can encourage each other. We can stir each other up. Stir the pot just a little bit. Amen? Huh? Are y'all here? Amen. Are you? Verse 24. Notice the writer of Hebrews said, For let us consider how to stimulate or stir up one another to love and what? Good deeds or good works. Stir us up to what? To love and good works. Let me tell you what that's called. You ready? It's called S-E-R-V-I-N-G, serving. Serving. Loving. Serving. Serving for what? For the body of Christ. Every one of us in this building, if you're a born-again child of God to me, listen to me. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, He has gifted you with a gift or gifts for the purpose of serving with inside of the body. 
to hold on to it, not to hide it, but to serve in the body. As I thought about this and I thought about this week and I thought about this, and let me tell you, it, it has been, it, it's, been a, it's been a wild week. Let me just say this. Some of y'all did. I listened to four preachers this week. One Monday, one Tuesday, one Wednesday, somebody on Thursday, and then one on Friday. Out of the Gospel of Mark. Saw people come together and eat and fellowship. And I'm thinking, I wonder what it's going to be like when we go home to be with the Lord. And we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. So what do we need to encourage each other with? Let me share it with you this morning. We need to encourage and stir each other up to keep running in the race. It's what we call perseverance. Persevering. Anybody ever accused you of being persevering? How about when you're like a hound dog and you get on something and you just don't quit? Anybody? That's what we need to be doing today. That's what we need to be doing today. Hmm. That wasn't the trumpet, I don't think, was it? Okay. <laughs> so what do you mean by the day? Notice the writer of Hebrews says at the end of verse 25, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. What do we mean by the day? I'll tell you, earlier in the passage, in chapter number 10, here is, hallelujah, <laughs> praise the Lord. If that doesn't encourage your heart, I don't know what will. Amen. Praise the Lord. But listen to this. The day, are you ready? The day. When his enemies will be made, his footstool is drawing near. His enemies will be made his footstool, and it's drawing near. For our sake, for our sake, consider this with me this morning. For our sake, God made Jesus, who knew no sin, who knew no sin. To be sin on our behalf so that we, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Do you get that? Not in yourself. In him. You see, in him is where life is. In him is where rescue is. In him is where peace is. In him is where joy is. It is here. It is here that we see the wonder and the glory of the gospel. Let me ask you a question. Has it lost its wonder and glory to you? Has it? Has it lost its awe? Has it, has it, has it lost its wonder? I pray that it hasn't. 
Let me tell you what, as we gather together, when we leave here today, let me, let me tell you what my, my desire of my heart is, that you leave this place today encouraged and stirred up to the gospel. Why? It's what we did this morning, baptizing two young people. It's what we've done the last few Sundays. Praise the Lord. That's what we're here for. It's what this thing's about. It ain't about you and me. It's about the one we're celebrating this morning in the resurrection. That's why we're here. So here's what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. He said, be reconciled to God. And I will say this this morning. That is the message of the risen Christ. Be reconciled to God. Let's stand together with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to encourage you to do something today. Today is Resurrection Sunday. Okay? Today is Resurrection. We celebrate the resurrection. What better day, what better time to give your heart and life to Jesus Christ than it would be to do it today. He took your place. He paid a debt you could never pay. You ready for this? He didn't, ask, he, he didn't ask you to give up anything except yourself. So what will you do with him today? What will you do with Jesus Christ? That's the question. And let me tell you something. That's the question every one of us has to answer at some point. We all have to answer that question. And oh, by the way, we all will answer that question. You'll either answer it here on this side. It'll be too late on the other side. Maybe you're here today, and it's just been a while. Just felt like you and God have been on two opposite ends. Maybe today's the day where you say, you know what? God never moved. I did. Because let me share this with you this morning. He didn't move. We moved. Maybe it's some other need in your heart today that God has spoken to you about coming to serve alongside of us here. Whatever it may be, won't you just be obedient to what he lays on your heart today? Because I can say this to you this morning with absolute confidence and assurance. It will be worth it all when I see who. Let's say it together. It will be worth it all when I see Jesus.